Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of. So uh, today I have a guest. Uh, we're gonna call him the man of madam. And so uh, I met, uh, or I I saw your stuff uh, on TikTok, uh, and and I like I, I really liked your videos because uh, you were you're a pretty thorough in like explaining uh, how you do things and. Uh, and then when people ask questions or when they try to like uh, just kind of see what's going on with that, with, with the world of magic. Uh, I, I like how you break it down and real about it. And so uh, that's why I wanted to get you on. Cause I think you could probably help expand my mind too. And, and other people who are interested uh, in learning more about magic because uh, I definitely feel drawn to it too. So I, uh, I, I definitely dig your stuff, man. So yeah. Uh, say hi to the audience. Yeah. Let, let them know a little bit about you. Hi. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Quinn. Uh, I am originally from San Diego, California, but I live out here in Colorado at the moment. Um, I currently am a practitioner of the Solomonic tradition, um, which is kind of a umbrella term, uh, but I guess you could really call it a the rim work tradition to where we uh, practitioners that practice from the old grimoires um, from the medieval to the Renaissance. Um, I started my practice uh, with the Golden Dawn system. I was initiated into a Golden Dawn Temple about four or five years ago, and I worked my way up through the first elemental grades, and then COVID hit, and also some inner turmoil within the temple, and it ended up disbanding. Um, I kept in contact with the Hierophant of the temple at that time, who was also my mentor. And um, I still tried to work the system, even though the temple had disbanded. Um, but the way the system works, it really, you could, you could do a solitary uh, practice with the Golden Dawn system, but it really is based off of great initiation that use it's it's lodge magic it, you need a lodge system just like not just like the freemasons but as you know like the the like a lodge of you know freemasonry is pretty much the same thing it's like a fraternity but not exactly only brothers you know it's it's a group of people that practice this system and this system and progressing through it really is based on that so once the temple disbanded um i tried to keep up with it, um, but I found myself doing an incredible amount of work for the grade that I was in. Um, for instance, like doing like crazy 13, 15 page topic papers, but no one to really grade them. It was really for my own personal, you know, self. Um, and then it got to the point where I figured you know, I'm just going to focus on 
my main intention from getting into magic, and that was um, practicing from the old grimoires. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm at now. And you know, I I um, I just started really getting into it. Um, practicing from the grimoires uh, takes um, a crazy amount of not just um, devotion, but also preparation. So it could take someone a good year or two or even close to maybe even five years, depending on how they're going about the preparation to actually get to the point of getting into the, the real the real stuff of the grimoires, you know, the, the, the conjuring, the spirits and, and things like that. So I am in the preparatory stages. Um, the things that you see on my TikTok are mostly me building relationships with um, angelic entities and, and things like that without actually evoking the angels. It's mostly just um, um, sticking my foot in, foot in the door pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm in still in the preparatory stages of the practice. And um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. That's sick, man. That's awesome. You know, um, if I could ask like, um, so like a, a grimoire is like, um, how would you kind of like describe it? It's like, um, it's like a magical, it's like a, it's like a with, uh, with like formulas and or um, um, you could say is formulas. Um, you know, grimoire. The the term of what a grimoire is can be, of course, argued about from different perspectives. Um, you could argue that like a spell book or a book of shadows is something like a grimoire, but. Honestly, the word grimoire, I believe, if I remember correctly, comes from a French term meaning grammar. So a grimoire is really a instructional book of protocols required to meet uh, particular ends. So when one gets into um, Solomonic magic, uh, they often will hear from um, veteran practitioners that you will go through the protocols within a grimoire. And then after you pretty much go through all these protocols and like learn how to, um, how to um, carry out the specifics, you don't really use the grimoire much after that, other than maybe um, if you haven't memorized certain orations or um, or certain conjurations, you 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 will refer back to it for certain words and conjurations. But most most of all, it gives you the keys to unlocking the door into the spirit realm. And then once you have those keys and you unlock the door you pretty much use these protocols that you have learned to further your practice. So after you've, you've studied it and you've carried out the grimoire, it mostly becomes a reference book. 
So the best way I could put it is, like I said, it's an instructional book for uh, particular protocols um, for um, working with spirits. Nice. Right on to very good explanation. Um, so what, um, so I'm curious, um, like what, what, uh, how did you get into the golden dawn? Like, how did that even, did you have like a friend that, that, that maybe referenced you or did you, uh, how did you happen to get that group? Um, so as uh, people know at Freemasonry, you, you, you could only get into it through you know, being vouched for, you know, you need a friend. Um, yeah. But uh, the Golden Dawn isn't these days, the orders and the temples aren't so widespread to where, you know, they kind of got to do what they can. So you could you could find a few groups on the Internet. Um, there's a few that you should probably stay away from depending on how they present themselves. But um, me in particular, I, you know, after a rough time in life, um, I circled back to the occult because I, I got into the occult when I was, when I was very young. And then I started focusing more on like my professional life, a career and actually building myself personally and um, went through a hard time in life. And then um, after this, uh, after that hard time, I circled back to studying the occult and I went to the Golden Dawn because um, it was just one of those things that when I first got into the occult, I was very um, infatuated with ceremonial magic. Um, one of my first books that I ever got when I was a young teen was The Black Arts by Richard Cavendish, which came out in the late 60s, early 70s, somewhere around there. And uh, it pretty much gives you a run through of all different types of subjects uh, concerning to uh, the occult. But ceremonial magic was one of them. And of course, when you start to get into the study of ceremonial magic, you're going to come across good old Uncle Al, you know, Crowley. Um, so being young and uh, wanting to know more about Crowley, I figured out that he had his start with the Golden Dawn. And when you look into the Golden Dawn, you start to see the implements they use and the dramatic rituals that they perform. There's a lot of pageantry to it. The tools that they use are super colorful. It's very intricate and complex when it comes to the system. So that, when I came back around to the occult later in life, I was like, all right, now is my time to really try and you know follow through with my endeavors within the, um, you know, the path of the occult. And um, it, I just looked up uh, Denver, where, where, I, where I was at. I looked up uh, temples within Denver and I found one. Um, and I just set up a correspondence between me and one of, and 
an officer that they call a cancellarius who takes care of the things of like talking with people and bringing them in and things like that. And, um, you know, I, you know, long story short, I ended up going to a meeting with a few of the um, officers or chiefs and um, talked with them, let them know where my path was uh, headed, what, what I looked to do. And uh, soon after that, I got a invitation into the probationer stage, which not all temples have that, um, but it's really to kind of, it gives someone a very simple ritual to practice and certain papers to write. And if you follow through with that and they read over these papers and it, and it, and it kind of checks out that you're actually doing the things that they gave to you, then you are then invited to into the temple, into the neophyte grade. Um, so yeah. And then from there, there on, you know, then was my journey into the golden dawn, but yeah, it was, it was really just an interest from my young uh, teens um, that I ended up carrying out once I circled back to the occult. Um, and just the, like I said, the colors, the pageantry, the intricacy of the system, um, it all just stood out to me. And um, it was just, I didn't get into it when I was younger because I saw ceremonial magic as such a serious practice um, that I didn't really want to get involved with it until I had the means to do it properly, have the right tools, have the means to, to purchase the right implements and uh, materials needed to actually go through with it, actually have the time, you know? So, and of course that was all cap I was capable of that when I actually had a career going. So that it just, it made sense at my older age to finally follow through with it, you know? And yeah, it, it, it was really just the, the aesthetics will draw you in, you know, the, um, the philosophy and all that it, it's, and, and the complexity of it is for sure you know, enticing. Um, so that's really yeah. what brought me into that. Yeah, when I saw some of your stuff, um, one word for sure was enticing, and it's even a little, little intimidating with how um, nice and intricate it, uh, that stuff could be. It's like, oh, it's like no joke. Uh, it's like, it's like very purposeful. Um, every little thing, and I was like, oh wow, this is like, it's like some like a. Uh, you know, like you're starting to get into like it's like heavy duty stuff there uh, with uh, how intentional uh, all these things are. You know, I was like, wow, it's like it really ends up making sense. Like in the end, like you tie it all together and I'm like, oh, like it. it like there's like reason for it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool how you how you make that work out. So, yeah, I, I definitely like that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, definitely, it definitely catches my eye too, for sure. Um, yeah, but. yeah, for sure. It, it, um, and like you said, it, it's super complex. When you first see it, it's like, it's like looking up a skyscraper, you know, and um, 
that just towers above you and you got to climb it, you know? Um, it honestly, the first grade that you go into, uh, the golden Dawn neophyte, you, you learn so many basics and fundamentals that become foundational knowledge for any type of practice. I'm not talking about the, um, the psychologies or philosophies or um, mysticism that you will learn at the beginning grades uh, of the Golden Dawn. I'm, what I'm mostly talking about is just your very basic knowledge concerning uh, the elements, um, the Hebrew alphabet, which if, you, if someone wants to practice ceremonial magic, I highly suggest to learn the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and uh, things like classes of spirits uh, and angels, divine names, you know, and then of course, um, the Hermetic Kabbalah, you know, um, the Hermetic Kabbalah really helps a lot when you're um, getting into um, things like the grimoires or tarot. Um, it just lays out so many fundamentals that till this day, even though I became a little bit disenchanted with the system, the things I learned in the neophyte grade and then like 110 Zelator grade, which is afterwards, it's a lot of, a lot of those like build the grounds for later practice and not in any way would I deny how that has helped me even after I left um, the Golden Dawn system, you know? Um, but yeah, what you, you look at the, um, the green brick or the black brick, you got the self-initiation Cicero green brick that you will see, and it's thick. Um, it's very intimidating. You look into it, you're like, holy shit. Um, same thing with the black brick, regarding black brick. You look into that, you read it, and you're like, oh my God. But once you get those fundamentals down, it all starts to click in place. And um, you start to see, you know, the material for what it is. That's cool. It all starts coming together, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. It comes together. And um, that's that's part of the magic right there, you know. Okay. In the first grades of Golden Dawn, you aren't really doing any practical magic. Uh, what You learn a lot of, like, ritual structure, how... Uh, how uh, um, how ceremonies are carried out, which um, it it kind of gives you the skeletal frame of a ritual, uh, and uh, you learn, like I said, those basic fundamental um, uh, key you know knowledge of like uh, elements, planets, uh, Hebrew alphabet, um, the uh, the zodiac, tarot, all those all those things. It's a school. It really is a school. So. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad I took advantage of it while I was practicing it. So. When um, so when like all the all the stuff, you know, across the country, when all that started happening, things started getting shut down. So that was like your that was like your exit. That was like the time where you exited out. Like, was that like your official exit out of was that what made you exit the group? How it. Um, Actually, it you know it was strange because when COVID happened, um, COVID happened like right 
before because I remember going to temple meetings and us having to wear like gloves and masks. Um, so right at the beginning of it, mm. we were we hadn't disbanded yet. But then some inner turmoil um, happened, which surprise, surprise, if you know the history of the original Golden Dawn, inner turmoil and and megalomania and just personalities clash. And mm-hmm. um, in my temple's case, um, there were some higher up chiefs that um, had peculiar relationships with other members and some and shit hit the fan with it. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, everyone was resigning from the temple. Oh. Yeah. And um, then it yeah. was yeah. just me. It was some real drama. Yeah, drama. Drama. It, it, it came down to really the drama of why the temple disbanded. COVID didn't help, but it was really about the drama which, um, like, like I said, the original, I, you know, if, if you're familiar with um, egregores, um, I believe that the egregor of uh, the egregoric current of the Golden Dawn is corrupted. <laughs> okay. And ever since the beginning uh, temple, you know, ever since the schism happened between the original members, which Crowley was kind of fundamental in that happening. Um, it's just been really hard for um, Golden Dawn temples to stay together. Mm, interesting. I, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because um, I guess there, you know, it's like senses of corruption, and then that, like, it's like a culture that that'll permeate in, into the into the um, into the group. Or to the idea of the group, and uh, mm-hmm. ah, what a trip! Yeah, so, so then that drama was like, a, was kind of like a catalyst and like a culmination for for your for your time up there. So it just so happened to be, and it just so happened to be with all the time to COVID and all that stuff, huh? It just that's just how it all played out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you could look at it as just a natural thing, or you could look at it like as. Um, something some some type of divine intervention <laughs> you know right yeah so so like you're so like you're happy you got out but but you're you're also how your how this magical journey got like ignited and sparked up for you huh yeah yeah um i will say when i broke Yeah, so when I um, made the decision to finally put down the Golden Dawn system and carry on with my studies in the Solomonic tradition, um, I had this point of, like, I was at a crossroads, um, and I didn't know whether to keep going with the Golden Dawn system and alongside the grimoire tradition or just totally put down the golden dawn and just go with you know the the grimoires um uh, 
at this crossroads, I was implementing certain orations and conjurations from the key of Solomon into certain golden dawn rituals. And now that I look and it wasn't the smartest thing because weird phenomena started getting kicked up around my house. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I could tell something told me that this, it just, just doesn't, uh, mix well. So I, um, I ended up deciding to pack away my Golden Dawn Temple, which all of my Golden Dawn materials are in my closet still. And um, it was a sad day. I, it was something that I devoted, you know, a good four years of my life to. I was very adamant on uh, progressing all the way to the grade of five, six, um, Adeptus Minor, um, which is the like, yeah. that's the the last grade, that's the grade after the four elemental grades. That is where the Golden Dawn Initiate starts to practice the magic that I was going on to. That's where you um, start doing practical magic. But yeah. I, so I was adamant on making that grade, but you know, with everything that happened, it just, it just was too hard of a hill to climb. It was very, um, you know, it just took the wind out of my sails when I was writing these topic papers for, um, to be able to progress and get initiated into higher grades. I was writing very, very long and in-depth papers on certain subjects with no one to look at it. And um, it was fun for me because I like nerding out on things. But in the end, it was like I took that as a sign as like, all right, this is going to go nowhere. Now it's time for me to do what I originally want, wanted to, to do is go into the grimoires. Because that's in the end um, what always interested me about, uh, about um, magic, ceremonial magic you look into the grimoires and you see all different types of sigils, seals, uh, magic circles with all different types of like writing and symbols around it. And you're like, as just someone who isn't familiar with it, you're like, what does this even mean? You know? And that kind of enticed me into like, all right, that's, I want to know what this stuff is talking about. I would, I want to know what this means. Golden Dawn yeah. was mean to that. So by the time I reached that crossroads and figured out like this isn't for me anymore, I was like, all right, I have the fundamental knowledge to be able to dive into these grimoires and understand them. And um, that's, you know, that's when I made that decision. Um, and it was a sad day. It was a sad day packing up my Golden Dawn Temple, my pillars. I had everything I needed. Um, the Enochian uh, Watchtower tablets that I had at four quarters, like my center altar with all the, the implements on it. It was, it, it was a sad day, but also at the same time, refreshing and exciting, you know, like a bittersweet 
And um, it, it seemed like, I, I guess it kind of seems like, it, like it was like a setup. It was like a setup in order for you to, um, to get to how you're going now. It's like you, you kind of needed to go there. And then it was like a divine timing of like when you broke and then, um, so it was like, you kind of needed it in a way. And then, but, uh, and, and then when it was time to go, I guess it was just time to go and, but it helped you. So you, so now you can kind of do like this, like this stuff you're doing now. So, so, so I guess those two, uh, they, they, they could not gel. Right. So to speak, right. Those two, those two formats were giving you, uh, they were making weird, weird effects. Yeah. Yeah. They were making weird effects. Not like, um, not crazy things, but uh, strange things uh, like uh, a, like a certain decoration that we have on the wall kept flying off. Um, mm. My, um, my wife's car kept on, which which is a strange one, kept on getting back down the driveway. Like we would wake up and her car was halfway down the driveway and that's it. Um, b- very strange. Um, yeah. I, I remember early in the morning one day I was using the restroom and I heard a woman's voice come directly from the living room. Um, you know, things like that were just very small things, but things that were enough to where me and my wife were taking note, like there's some things that are happening, you know, um, I, I took some precautions and I did some things that I knew, knew to, knew to do like, um, certain, certain, uh, cleansing of the house. I set up certain divine names at the quarters that I consecrated on little, uh, wooden seals. And ever since I did that and put down the golden dawn mixed with the Solomonic magic it all that stuff really just died off. Yeah. Very interesting. It, it, yeah. It, it didn't gel. That that's for sure. And if you um there are there is one uh author, uh Aaron Leach, he actually um has a book called Secrets of the Magical Grimoires. Um he will even say it's a bit outdated, but um it's it's a great book, but he is also a member of um the Golden Dawn tradition. And he himself doesn't implement his Golden Dawn practices into his Solomonic practice other than maybe the Kabbalistic cross, which really the Kabbalistic cross is kind of just, it's Atta, Malkut, Vega Bora, Vega Dula, Leolam, Amen. It's really thou art, thy kingdom, thy might, thy mercy forever. Amen. So it's really just a prayer in the form of like a ritual. So you could, you could implement things like that, but it's, it's very simple. It's nothing that's going to alter the operation. Yeah. It's a bit more general and bigger. So you can kind of, I guess you can get a kind of get away with that. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Totally. You know, um, yeah. I guess I like to, 
think about like dancing a little bit because I like I like to dance and um like old like like old school type of dancing and uh it's funny because like in that in that small world of uh of the street dancing it's like um kind of a thing that they have within the regions and within the cities and the states is like the politics of like keeping a dance like you know like not mixing up the styles like whatever you represent you represent that one you know that's like especially uh like pertinent like in street dancing so it's like uh like los angeles will have their version of street dancing compared to uh like bay area and new york and uh, even down in the south uh and then so it's uh, like you, you, they, you end up kind of losing, like, like with with how the things go with like the old politics or whatever, whatnot. Um, you kind of almost like you lose like a type of street cred if you like they'll they'll call like watering down, and then like because you, you're not with your original, like you're not with the foundation. So I guess like like it messes like with the foundation. I guess that's kind of what. Yeah, totally. Oh, and then of yeah, so I guess you got to be careful about what you mix. To not so you don't like water yourself. Yeah, you don't want to water it down. You wanna you wanna pay respect to the tradition. Um, you wanna you know pay due diligence to what needs to be done to fulfill that tradition that you are working. Um, but like you said, with dancing, you could see the same thing with uh, martial arts. You know. Um, I'm sure with, with painting, you know, all any, mm -hmm. any art yeah. really, um, you could, once you master that tradition, um, and then you branch off and, and kind of, um, explore others, there's for sure ways that you could implement little tiny pieces from other, mm -hmm. uh, traditions into the one you practice. But I think when you learn a certain tradition and you learn to master it, you you gain a certain type of respect for it that you really don't want to add other other aspects mm. into it because you respect yeah. it for what it is. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. I can I can relate to that too. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like. Cause these things, you know, like with martial arts, it's like, uh, and dancing and, and magic, it's like, they're, they're things that have to do with your energy. That is like the craft of how you, of how you use energy and like your relationship with it. And so, um, yeah, totally. like, like, uh, that makes sense too, that once you like, I noticed too, that like, with like the OGs, like say like in dance, because, because they have, because they have it. They don't never need to go around because they already have it. Like they, they have like a comfortability inside themselves because like they know that they're creators, but at the same time with like a foundation, you know. Mm -hmm. And then um, I noticed it's like the new kids or like the newer generation of kids will they want to have their own found. They want to get a foundation, but then later on they want to make a thing their own. They want to be able to have it their own to show like their uniqueness and stuff like that. And, but I guess you can't do that until you have a true foundation because without that, you'll never be like, you'll, you can never really like establish yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why. I, you'll yeah, see I that. Um, 
you'll see that a lot with um, the grimoire tradition. Um, you'll you'll have uh, traditionalists and almost purists who follow the book by each word, which is very hard to do because these are you know old texts you know that kind of have these very archaic um, protocols and peculiar things of peculiar nature. Um, so it's hard to follow them traditionally, but you do have people that are pure traditionalists and they advise beginners to stick with that until they build that foundation. The, you know, same way that I would assume that, um, someone who's teaching dance or street dance to like, first get down the fundamentals of this, master this. Once you know this, like the back of your hand, then explore and then see what you can, how you can make it your own through exploring other traditions. But for now, master this and learn this. Yeah. First things first, first things first. Yeah. So like, um, like for someone like me who, uh, I'm not like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself an, you know, like a official magician or, or anything like that, but um, I'm definitely into magic and, and magical things. Uh, you know, my life has a lot of magical components uh, that I, that I experience and that I live, that I live with, or, you know, that I experience in a, like in terms of ceremonial magic, like um, I know earlier you talked about like a, like, you know, like learning like Hebrew so you can be able to like, like learn grimoires or like be able to read them, you know, better and stuff. Like, is there anything else, like other things that, that you uh, kind of suggest or would recommend like someone who's kind of starting off or earlier into this, like into those crafts? Um, yeah. So at, at the beginning, I, I would suggest to, to explore find something that really catches your eye. Um, and then once you find something that that really calls to you and draws you in, stick with that and read a lot. Study a lot and don't don't just follow everything that is said by one author to the next explore enough to where you could gain a expansive perception of the system itself. You're going to have one practitioner saying this, another practitioner saying that they might bump heads, but it's good for you as a third party to see both sides and then, you know, come up with, interpret it how you, how you want to. But, you know, like I, like I said, study a lot, read a lot. That is 90% of uh, magic. Um, and, you know, just, just being dedicated to it learn um you know uh surround yourself with the occult enough to 
to where your mind, your everyday life works through the scope of magic. Um, you know, you, you go to work and you work hard so you could, so you can make money to not only pay bills or feed your family, but also for the means to carry out your practice. You know, you, you, you love the people around you, not only just to be a good human, but also put you in good stance with the spirit world. Everything you do in your daily life it are all means to, you know, procure a stable practice, you know? So you know, taking care of priorities, uh, living, um, living as a, a good human as, as, as far as you are capable of doing, because we all, we're human, you know, we have our, we make our mistakes, um, and, and reading and just study, 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 you know, um, that is really the beginning to, um, you know, any type of mystical or magical path, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, over like overstate how much how important it is to read books <laughs> um i me personally i copy a lot of stuff down i i will type a lot of stuff up i've i've typed up the whole like the whole um first book of the lemmageddon um i typed up the whole book of the keys of Solomon the King and put it in an order to where I could understand it, you know, just a lot of research. And then um, once you get all that under your belt, then you start slowly preparing for what you are trying to carry out. And, um, you know, you, you do it to the best of your ability. You know, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to tell. I'll see a question like, how do I deal with belief that magic is going to work? Well, that's a hard one because you, you just gotta, you gotta surround yourself with so much of the rhetoric and so much of the, the state of mind that magic is an actual thing that you don't even question it. It just, that it is, you know, you don't question whether it's going to work. You, you don't eat. Sometimes you don't even care if it works because you're doing it because that's just, you feel closer to something larger than yourself. Um, you know, it's sometimes you don't even really care if the spell works, you know, you don't really care if the ritual works. You're doing it because there's a passion in it, you know? Mm. Ooh, let's see. My stream here is a little. Let's see, if we can, okay, there. We go. Sorry about that. That was a little delay there, a bit or a big delay. Gotcha. But I'm here. You there? Okay, cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, man, that's awesome. Like, uh, like, like in the beginning, right now, what you were saying, I liked what you said in terms of like to be able to pick something that like catches your eye 
and then like kind of start from there because like it can be like overwhelming or like you want to know where to start per se, especially like if you're like brand new. And then if you find the stuff that like kind of resonates with you, catches your eye, like for me personally, besides I like, um, like it'll just catch my ear, like the words of something. I'm like, Oh, like I just like some words will draw me and some words won't draw me. And uh, so, but I, I like that you kind of are saying to just start, start with that one thing or so, and then take it from there and dive deep into that, because that could be something like, especially, for me that i need to get my weight like my stuff like spread out so much just kind of concentrate it and start from that one thing build on that and then later on once you built that one that one thing then you can go to another thing like go bit by bit and so it'll take patience and a lot and like like the due diligence you know per se but um but there's just kind of no other way because if you try to like spread it out so much you're gonna end up like spinning yourself around and you're, you're not going to end up, you probably won't end up being as instant as powerful how you, how you would like to be, you know? So yeah, know, I like that you, uh, that you started off with that, with saying that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a thing that I was told uh, by uh, one of my old uh, temple members in the golden dawn is to not, not cross streams. You know, stick with one stream. Once you start crossing streams, that's when things get all convoluted, all mixed up. Then it's it's, yeah. it's really hard to focus. You know, um, especially when it's something like the Golden Dawn. There's just so many. They it's being yeah. like being so what it is. Situation. Yeah, yeah, and being being what it is. It's just, there's just so many different like um, philosophies and different like. Um, uh, religions that they're taking from and, and, and different practices and traditions that are amalgamated into one that it's like, oh, chakras, you, you know, oh, meditation, oh, you know, grimoire magic, oh, Hebrew, oh, elemental magic. And then you're just like, before you know it, you're like, oh, well, you know, is, is the Archangel Michael, uh, over does he rule the sun or does he r rule mercury i don't know and then that's when you're like oh well you shouldn't across streams <laughs> because now it's it's he's both but you know like stick with that one and then you'll be able to understand the later on like why you know there's these certain nuances in these traditions and systems you know the middle pillar ritual in the golden dawn is kind of very um it it, it kind of echoes the whole concept of chakras um or in energy points but yet i would suggest not to really try to um take the chakra system and align it with the golden dawn middle pillar even though they seem very similar Mm -hmm. They're not the same. And it's very easy to do that, to try and accomplish that. But you're just going to end up, you know, running yourself around in circles. Yeah. I think that's uh, I guess that might be like kind of like a reason why I haven't gotten into, uh, like, say, like the Kabbalah Spears, um, because um, I started or like uh, like back in, you know, years ago, I, like, I, I got into chakras and chakra work 
and then um like more in the la in the more recent years i was trying to like chris and then it just it didn't end up feeling like like i i I couldn't do it. Like I felt like I was like, I'm not like, it's like, it doesn't work really like that. I've heard, I've heard versions where it, it kind of like people can like, you kind of can work them, but I don't think it's like a, an exact correlation. Like, so it would still be kind of like crossing a stream. Right. Is that, is that how you feel about that too? Uh, yeah. You know, um, you know, to use an analogy, um, I, in my professional work, I'm, I'm a chef and, um, when it comes to like creating dishes and like fusing different like cuisines together, it sometimes works. Um, like for instance, if I am trying to cook French food, I could possibly use some things that you're going to find in Mexican food, but most likely cilantro isn't going to work with yeah the flavor profiles of French food, you know, it's all food, you know, uh, you use the same type of cooking techniques somewhat, um, some of the same ingredients, but overall there are some characteristics between the two that make up kind of make up the backbone of that flavor of that cuisine that yeah. they're not going to cross well. Yeah. And that's pretty like with the chakras and the, the um, 10 sephirot of the tree of life. Um, it's you could, the thing is about the tree of life. It's so expansive. It's, it's, it's a philosophy in itself. So you could correspond it with so many different things. And that's what the hermetic Kabbalah is. That's what the golden dawn did. Um, but crossing eastern paradigms with western usually doesn't work out that well you can do it but it's going to take some stretch yeah that makes sense with the food totally makes sense because it's like imagine you know like a lot of places of their of their food culture depends on what they have around them and then certain things grow in certain areas, especially better than others, or you just simply won't even have access to it. So that makes sense that like to try to throw that in another region, it's not used to that. Like the components were never, never started with that stuff to begin with. So I guess that kind of makes sense. So it's like, you really got to kind of think simple in terms of because this shit's so complex that you have to you have to go simple you have to start simple bit because now you, you can easily like lose yourself i see you know or or kind of lose like your um in trying to get knowledge and power you're going to end up kind of losing power in a way like it's gonna it's gonna like water you down or or you know kind of like that um yeah i like uh i like uh also what you said about uh a humongous part of it is uh is the reading and the and the studying because um uh I have like uh on my on my phone on my phone app I, I paid for a Kindle you know so I can get books and stuff like that and I love it it's cool I, I get a lot of info from it 
But then I was like, man, I was like, there's something about like just very recently I've been like thinking like there's something about like the damn actual book. Like I got to get my I got to start kind of looking into this, like the actual books. Right. And so um, this week, this week I, I happened. Was it like I think it was like two days ago I happened. Uh, uh, stumbled into a library. I want to see if because I knew I had a library card back in the day. I just wasn't sure if, if I was in the system because I didn't have the card anymore. So they checked for me. I was not in the system. So I made a new one. And uh, after looking around and I asked, <laughs> I asked the poor librarian and she was like, wait, what? Like planetary? What? You know, she couldn't like, you know, I, I was like, oh, don't worry. Let me just try to walk around. So I just walked around and um, and then I got this like beautiful big old book on tarot and like it's like. Like hidden like origins, like, holy crap, like. I felt, I felt like the power, like just looking at the cover. And then once I opened it, like, I felt like a lot of power and it just made me so damn happy. I was like, Oh, I've been like looking for this. Like, I just knew that I was looking for something like this, you know? And, um, so that was like, maybe the, that, well, that was the biggest book that I got. It was pretty, it's pretty big. And the cover is so nice. And it looks like an old book. It looks like it. And anyway, and, uh, I got another one on numerology because um what had kind of one of the first things that i started studying as a teenager uh, into my spirituality was was numerology and i had bought i had a couple numerology books that i had bought but like i said this was like when i was like 16 or 17 so by now like the, those have been long gone i just lost them a long time ago so i was happy that i had a nice tangible book on numerology and then uh what was the other one so i got a numerology book tarot book and then uh, one book that's it's about it says probably I I like the it was like basic but also it had like a, a plethora of hella shit at the same time and um, and the last book that I got it was it was called Druid Magic and then so because uh, something about uh, something about that I'm I've been also like getting like pulled to. Uh, I never really, I was telling some other uh, friends on podcasts that like, I never really was into this kind of stuff. I never thought about like, uh, even like Norse thing, like Norse mythology. I never really had tripped off of it. And, uh, but just very recently, I feel like uh, I've been getting like more clues and more callings to like learn more about that. So I left the, I left the library, a happy camper. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna start going to libraries now. So now like my plan is in the future, like, because right now I have kind of a lot going on. Like, I don't want to overwhelm myself, but in the future, I definitely want to go to other libraries around the Bay Area and see what the hell they got and see what they got stored and hidden. You know what I mean? Because a part of me, when I went in the library, I was like, well, this could either go going to be shit or there'll be probably a good amount of stuff and I'll probably be happy. So I'm glad it was the latter. And so, yeah. uh yeah, so there's something about books too, and I'm like, oh my god, like it just feels way more official. You, uh, there's like an authenticity to it, and I'm like, oh man, like there's something to it. So it just got me really excited. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that uh, I'm gonna be kind of embarking on these journeys of like getting to know these things more because I feel really called for it. Like I really, I appreciate the. I don't know what you call it, like the whole, like the, the culture and the lifestyle of it, you know, because I'm all about energy and uh, like, I'm like, I'm pretty in tune with energy and I've had my, you know, my experiences or whatever. And so I'm all about 
like cultivating and learning about harnessing and, and manipulating, you know, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, manipulating gets like a, like a bad rap in a sense when you say the word like, Oh, like, cause you could be like a, like a con thief and manipulate people out of their money or out of their bank accounts. Right. But, uh, that's one 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 edge of the double-edged sword but the other side is just simply just to change and you can manipulate things for the better or for whatever you know so it's kind of like a neutral thing and so uh yeah i'm all about that and uh and like taking charge uh taking charge of your life you know with like empowerment and stuff and understanding so uh yeah i'm really glad i'm really glad about um that kind of stuff and and you've been kind of filling in a lot of points for me that uh making me feel more directed and, and more and a little bit more clear-minded about this because uh like i said like especially when i seen your shit i'm like oh my god this shit gets hella deep you know what i mean and it's like uh so you can get over you can get overwhelmed right like it's like where like where the fuck like and so uh where do you start from right and so i'm, I'm glad like you also besides being being complex so you also have an approach of simplicity of like, well, just start from the start from the, the initial shit that catches your eye. And just you have to plunge into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then don't cross that I kind of can do as a it's not a well, I guess it can be a flaw when you do it too much. But I, I have good intentions, but I have to learn to like simplify myself. And then that way I could like grow better, you know, or mm -hmm. more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, right on. Yeah, well, um, you know, before we before we end today, this this nice talk, man. Uh, is there anything else that you would just uh, feel like getting off your chest or just telling to the people, you know, for home with them right now at the end of this cast? Um, I um don't have too much, you know, to say. Um, you know, I pretty much spoke on with the whole study and research um, thing and, and getting your, making sure that your life is in line before really trying to carry out a practice. That's kind of like, uh, I'll extend on that, you know, because uh, it's very important. I will, you, you will see it a lot on social media, especially on like TikTok. Um, it's just a lot of um, disturbing things from from people um the world's disturbing in itself but when it comes to the occult um i notice there's a, a lot of young people who will latch on to a certain system without really grasping the intent of it and just kind of make it their own without without um fully giving it the respect of of researching it and they will make it their own and kind of try to validate their practice um through this whole like new age like everyone's practice is different and you could do it your own way and and that's and that's valid as is you know and all these and this this very like inclusive ideology but at the same time it kind of defeats the actual structure of a lot of these systems you know and when they do this they end up 
going down a path that will easily mess with them psychologically. Mm -hmm. And um, I see it a lot on TikTok. You know, one of the big reasons why I went on TikTok with this was because I was trying to, you know, introduce something fresh and like and like and stable to the platform and not something that's just based off of like because I thought it looked cool or some type of aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um and so yeah. you'll see you'll see these kids, a lot of them, um, they they go on to a path without really fully researching it, not knowing, you know, what it what it really means. And they start messing with um, the the parts that look cool, um, conjuring spirits, you know, working with demons and things like that but yet they really don't have their lives in line or enough and the, the, the emotional stability that you really need. So then they end up being a little loony and you see it and it's reflected in, in the things that they post and the things that they say, you know, I, I'll often see some of yeah. these kids, they'll, they'll post all this shit that I'm just like, what are you doing? And then, and then they, and then like within one of these posts, you see them talking about being depressed, you know, and it's like, well, probably because you're messing with the spirit realm and you're messing with things that can affect you psychologically that, and you're not really prepared for it because you just dove into this path without really knowing what you're getting into. And now, before you know it, you're a yeah. little crazy. And um, I just, like I said earlier about study, research, getting your life together, living your life and becoming like developing yourself before you even try working with the spirit realm. Because if you are, if you are unstable and you try working with, the spirit realm or any other entities, they're going to sense that and they're going to latch onto that and they're going to feed onto that. And then it's going to send you overboard. And I think that is like a message that I, you know, that is needs to be echoed across, you know, the whole occult community on all social platforms. I'm glad you, yeah, I'm very glad you, uh, you brought that up really nicely. Uh, that's like a big, like a vibe that I feel like, uh, like is like, say like on, like on talk, uh, like, like a, like a little word that comes to mind. It's like a funny, it's like a funny saying, but like all willy nilly, you know, when people dive into something all willy nilly. It's just like with no, like a weird form of no remorse, almost like you have a lot of courage, but it's a little bit more like dumbness than courage. And then, and then diving into these things and uh, all willy nilly. And then you end up, you end up kind of backfiring on yourself, you know, you know because a lot of like the, the respect that comes with the traditions and of like where the, the history of where things came from, like that stuff really matters. And then, so, um, 
Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, it's like like even like with with like healing, you know, like when you learn healing arts and you do things and you say you want to be a healer, it's like before you can even start like really laying hands on people, you have to really like do like the healing work on yourself. Like you have to bust yourself out of it first, because if not, you're going to be, you know, you, you might not you might be doing the opposite of, you know, laying hands to try to heal someone. You know, it's kind of the similar concept to that. Yeah. You, you, yeah, man. You, you can't cook a good dish with shitty ingredients. <laughs> yeah. No matter how good of a, no matter how freaking, you know, nifty you are and creative you are and, and whatever and gun ho, but you know, it's in the end, like people are going to smell, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to smell right in the end. And then you might even get sick, you know, yeah. you might even get food poisoning, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, right on, dude. Um, I'd like to thank you. Um, is there, uh, if people want to like inquire about you or maybe uh, ask you any questions of, you know, to, uh, about their journey, is there, is there any word that you would like to, uh, to direct them to, to maybe get in contact with you? Um, yeah. I mean, my, uh, my Instagram is man of, uh, man underscore of underscore Madim. Um, Madim as spell M-A-D-I-M. And um, my TikTok, of course, is the same, Man of Madim. Um, and I could also be found on Facebook uh, by my full name, Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N, Cover, K-O-V-E-R. And um, I am pretty um, active on all three of those. Um, and so, yeah, if, if anyone has questions or they, you know, or want to help learn with me, like I said, cause I'm still a beginner in, in this, um, that, you know, I, that's, that's the best way for me to learn as well. When people ask questions and then it forces me to go research and study and come back with some knowledge that I might have not even known and, you know, along those lines. So, Yeah. I, I'm here. I'm open, and I and I'm pretty good at replying, and I'm I'm always friendly. I'm I'm never a dick unless unless you're being a dick, you know. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Awesome, bro. That's some that's a rock star. Yeah, and I I guess I I really like how how you even say you're like, well, I'm beginning, but then you freaking did years of like prepping. You know what I mean? And then you still even call yourself a beginner. So it goes to show you about like what, if you're even thinking about this, like what you're getting yourself into. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's like kind of like no joke, like you, uh, in terms of like what you have to, like the, like the, the tools that you need to acquire into your tool belt before you go out and to be a journeyman. It's like, uh, like your your that it's actual stuff uh it's like no joke of a stuff you know it should be it should be taken with a bit of uh, a bit of seriousness you know so that's cool man yeah. um one more question one more question um so i'm curious like um uh what what does your name like man of madam mean you know i just i'm just curious about that yeah uh man of madam that oh man this is a kind of long-winded answer to this because it's it's very it's a it's a peculiar story um so madam is the Hebrew name for Mars. Um, to tell you exactly what it translates to, that escapes me. Um, 
But like, for instance, if you're looking at the um, 10 Sephiroth on the Tree of Life, um, all of the seven planetary spheres, um, like uh, Saturn is Sabbatai. Um, then you have like uh, Tiferet is Shemesh. Um, Mercury is Kochab and Mars is Madim. It was a name that I saw on a book during one of my, um, I want to say astral projections, outer body experiences during a dreaming phase, a lucid dreaming phase, which it's, mm. I don't want to say dreaming because it's very different from my dreaming, but I will have these, um, I will enter these outer body experiences often. And um, it was a name that I saw on a book on my altar when I entered my ritual chamber during this outer body experience. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things that just like, yeah, it just stuck with me. And I was like, I am going to use this name. I've, I've received a lot of names from different spirits and things like that, that are hard to remember. Some I've written down, some escaped me, but that one really stuck with me. Um, it, it was, it was a, a chapter actually, it was a name of a chapter in a book. And the title of the book was called book of eyes and opening it. I came to a chapter that was called man of Madim. And this was happening when I was really called to working with, the forces of Mars, which Mars isn't really a beginner planet to work with. Um, as we all know, it's a planet of war, violence, but also very um, severe. Um, the angel Samael of Mars is God's accuser, and it tra uh, Samael translates the poison of God, so he's often conflated with satan mm. but he he's not really that he is just a very serious angel that that doesn't take shit um but yeah. i think personally i was drawn to work with mars because of my uh, my natal chart um like a lot of a lot of things in mars a lot of things in scorpio but um, yeah, my name comes from a book that I saw during an outer body experience or astral projection, I guess. And I just ended up taking it for my moniker and it's actually worked. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful story. Yeah, it's pretty you. dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like, um, I have like this thing to me where I kind of like, uh, like even when I was kind of younger, like I would be able to, like people have like spirit animals and stuff like that. And then so like, uh, as a, like, even like younger, I, I would be able to notice like if people had a strong spirit animal that was really tied to them. And then, so besides that, uh, uh, I also, uh, I kind of resonate with that in terms of like, uh, like the planetary archetypes and you had a lot of like red, uh, you had a lot of, uh, Martian energy, uh, that, that you, that you like smell of or something like, you know what I mean? Like I, like I see that on you. And then also, uh, the other, the other two that I guess that I feel uh, a bit is, a uh, a lot of Saturn and, and then a lot of the sun. Uh, those are kind of some of the ones that I feel like that archetypically resonate with. So, you know, that was just my little two cents about that. 
Yeah, um, actually, um, the next planet that I want to work with is Saturn. Um, that is also one that really calls out to me. Um, and I, my sun sign is a Leo. So, yeah. Fuck. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like smell of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like I saw the, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it, but um, I guess that's a, a claircognizance or something like that. But yeah, like I, 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 I like the planets a lot, and I love Saturn too. You know, that's why I like I kind of wear like a lot of purple. Well, this is like burgundy, but that's like, you know, I'm painting like a like my version of homage to that, and even like red and blue is like purple. So I, I really love. I really love uh, Saturn and shit like that, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah, but thank you, bro. Uh, I want to, you know, anytime you want to come back on in the future, you know, I'm definitely open to having you on. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate your time. Yeah. I'm sure we could kind of build, you know, and, and help other people build too. You know, I think you're uh, you have like a lot of leadership qualities that that'll be good for the people, you know what I mean? For, for wherever they're at in their journey. So it'd be kind of, you know, so it'd be nice to see where all these, where all this shit yeah, kind of rolls onto, you know? So thanks for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. Let's set it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm always yeah. down for that. Thank you. Cool, man. Yeah. Right on. Well, all right, guys, Our episode of uncanny mystic minds and uh, we'll check you. We'll, we'll check you guys out later on. All right. Peace.